Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about professionals using the iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. Well, hello there. Today's episode includes a few different things that I want to cover, and I hope everyone's enjoying iOS 11 and their iPads now being a completely different machine for getting work done. So today's episode, here's what's in store for today. There's a few different tips I want to cover, some thoughts on shelf apps, some feedback from a teacher that's using an iPad Pro, a deep dive into how GoodNotes has implemented drag and drop, and how SD video content is affected by the new Movies Anywhere service. And with that, let's get to a quick tip about setting up a push account for Google Apps. So one of the frustrations that many of you probably have with your Google account on your iPad is the fact that push appears to just not work if you set it up as a Google account. And this is the case for all consumer level Google accounts. I don't believe there's a way to in the native apps to use uh, a push server. That is to have when a new mail message or a new calendar event is created to have that instantly show up on your iPad. What I discovered though, is if you have a Google apps account, uh, most of the time you'll have this through your work maybe, or some other business account, or if you just want to set up Google Apps, you're able to do that for a domain name that you own. And so I'm going to cover how you set this up. If you have a Google Apps account, this tip is for you. If not, you can use the chapters to fast forward through this. So the first thing you need to do is open the Settings app on your iPad. Go to Mail, hit Add Account, and you're going to choose Exchange. You're not going to choose Google, you're going to choose Exchange this time. You're going to enter your full Google Apps email address. For server, you're going to type in M period google period com so m.google.com you're going to leave the domain field blank and for your username you're going to enter your full email address now with those settings you should be good to go to have push email calendars and contacts on ios for your google apps account so i hope that's helpful for those that do use google apps i know this was a big frustration for me as i was using google apps on my my iPad and even my Apple Watch and wasn't getting the mail instantly and especially calendar events was really frustrating how long those were taking to sync. So next up, I just want to provide a quick update to Memo Live Reporter. As you know, we had Oliver from Boeing Software on the podcast and this was before iOS 11 came out is when I talked to him and since iOS 11's hit, they've released a new update to Memo Live Reporter that enables you to live stream your iPad OS, that is all apps, your home screen itself, any anything you want to do, you can live stream that screen, your iPad screen, to YouTube, to Facebook, to all the different streaming services that that app supports. So update Nemo Live Reporter, and if you open up Control Center, and if you've enabled that recording button, you'll now see an option, if you long tap, to start a broadcast from Nemo Live Reporter, and it will broadcast out your screen and if you choose so, your microphone. So this is a really powerful update that will enable you to do some pretty cool things for creating content right on your iPad or even providing tech assistance uh, to people that just need to get a live view of what you're doing and uh, vice versa. So pretty cool update, Nemo Live Reporter by Boinks. So check that update out. With that, let's get to this feedback I got from a teacher out in New York. So I got this really great email from Tony, who is a teacher out in New York, and I'm just going to go through his email and kind of 
showcase how this teacher is using the iPad to make his life better, I should say. So Tony starts his email by just sharing that he has a really long commute. Uh, he's a public high school teacher out in New York City and travels five hours a day. That's two and a half hours each way on public transit to and from work. As he's gotten older, he's been trying to find ways to shed weight from his backpack. He serves 170 students each day, and the papers and all that was a, a significant way to do that. So he was carrying student assignments that he was creating on the train. So instead of doing work at home, he took advantage of his train time, two and a half hours each day, to get his homework, so to speak, done. That was quite a bit of weight to carry. The essential gear that he started out with back many years ago was his MacBook Air, his laptop, rain gear, cell phone, notebooks, pens, pencils, administrative paperwork that all teachers have to have on them, sweater and neck brace for times when he dozes off, earphones, earbuds, etc. for listening to podcasts, uh, batteries, stuff like that. So there's a lot of a lot of gear. So when the iPad showed up in the scene in 2010, Tony began to wonder, hey, can I migrate to iPad only and get rid of a lot of this weight? And by 2015, he managed to get rid of the papers using Dropbox, and he had done quite a bit to be able to get the, his bag a lot lighter in weight. And by 2015, his, his bag was 50% lighter than it had started out. And so the big question that Tony had was, hey, the iPad is now mature. It's fall 2015. This iPad Pro came out, and he purchased the original iPad Pro in the intention of shedding off his MacBook Air laptop, along with the cables and charger that came along with it. MacBook Air, is, for as light as it is, was still the heaviest object in his bag. And eliminating that would be a huge, huge thing. So the problem remained for him that once he got the iPad Pro, that he actually needed both his MacBook Air and his iPad because he had not yet figured out all the workflows he needed to create to get rid of his Mac. Through the years, since 2015, you know, the couple years here, he's managed to figure it out. And he now has workflows and processes to get everything he would have used his Mac for done on his iPad. And I must say, that is awesome. So now he does everything on his iPad. And when, I, when he says everything, here's what he means. He means everything. So he has his MacBook and he leaves that at home for the odd software application that has not yet been poured over the iOS, but he doesn't carry it to work and to class. He uses the iPad to plan, execute, and evaluate lessons and student activities. At home, he uses the iPad to pay bills and handle finances and keep in touch with family and friends. And when he wants to do some reading, he does that on the iPad. And he doesn't have a single game or social media app on his iPad to make sure he is as focused and productive as possible. So here's some of the apps that he's using to, to get his job done. So he's using Scrivener, GoodNotes, uh, which we'll dive deep into at the, the end of this episode, Spark for email, iMessage, Reminders, Calendar, MindNode, Dropbox, iCloud Drive, the Keynote application, Notes, Liquid Text, iCap Mobile, Safari, PBS Video, Schoology, WordPress, New York Times, VLC, Tunnel Bear, PDF Expert, FaceTime, Files, and many more. So those are just a smattering of some of the apps he's using. If you're a teacher, maybe look into some of these and they may help you in a big way. So that is a little bit from Tony on how he as a teacher is using the iPad to get his job done. He's using it to plan his courses, to grade 
assignments and to do everything right there on the iPad. If you're a teacher, I hope this segment has been helpful for you. And something that he does dive into is, yeah, you do have to rethink your workflows. So if you are struggling to find a solution to a problem that you currently have, feel free to email me and I'll try to walk through with you and think things out to how you can get something done that you thought you needed an act for that you really don't. If you are hitting a stumbling block for how do I do this on iOS, send me an email, iPadProsPodcast at gmail.com and I'll help you think this through. So thanks, Tony, for this email. I really appreciate the feedback. And if you have feedback, send that to iPadProsPodcast at gmail.com and I'd love to hear how you are using the iPad to get your job done. Now with that, let's dive into shelf apps. I just have a little, I guess, rant or... I guess feedback for developers out there making shelf apps in something that is currently lacking from all the ones I've tried so far and something that's holding me back from using them to their full capacity. That's the fact that Yoink, Gladys, and and all these apps I've tried still don't integrate that feature in iOS 11 where you can tap and hold on an app icon to show recent files. So... With the Files app and Keynote and Pages and I think OmniGraffle does this, you're able to tap and hold on an app icon, their app icon, and it'll pull up recent files of that app. And you're actually able to drag out from that and drop it into Safari to upload a file or drop it elsewhere. So this is a really awesome feature because that means I don't need to dedicate screen space in either slide over or split screen to have access to those files to drag and drop those. And none of the shelf apps are doing this. So it's really powerful to have that ability to, let me save something to a shelf app and swipe up from my dock to have that row of app icons and from there to just drag and drop a file. I I don't need to first drag up the shelf app and then from there drag over the thing I'm trying to get over to the destination. Instead, with the Files app, I'm able to save a file into the Files app. When I want that file, I'm able to tap and hold on the Files app icon to simply drag that file to its destination. And I really, really hope developers figure that out and are able to implement this. And if you know a shelf app that does this, please let me know. iPadProsPodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear all about that app and start testing it. And stay tuned for a future episode where I'm going to deep dive into all of these shelf apps and talk about where each app excels and why you may want to use one app over the other. My two recommendations right now are Yoink and Gladys. G-L-A-D-Y-S. Those are my two favorite right now. And I'll be deep diving into those and others in a future episode. Next up, I want to do a deep dive into drag and drop in GoodNotes. And this is something I'm going to be doing across many episodes. I'm going to look into an application that's pretty useful and dissect how drag and drop is used in that app. Because drag and drop, as wonderful as it is, is sometimes not that discoverable into what is capable with that feature. So I thought, hey, let's deep dive into GoodNotes and in future episodes, I'll take a look at other applications and share how you're able to use drag and drop within those applications. So the first app I wanna do this with is GoodNotes. And I gotta say, when I was looking into this feature of drag and drop, I learned a little bit about the app that I didn't know. 
So GoodNotes is a handwriting application. It's my go-to writing app I use on my iPad Pro to do notes as I'm in meetings. And it's incredibly useful. It's got OCR recognition throughout the application, so you can search your handwriting notes, handwritten notes. And here's how this app is using drag and drop. So the first thing you can do is you can simply open up the overview of your notebook. And you've got the thumbnails of all your pages. And from there you can drag one page, or multiple pages I believe, and drop those into the Files app or other apps, and then it'll export an image of those, those pages that you have there. You can also, when you're inside an actual page in the full screen view, you can click on the Lasso button. This is in the toolbar, and the Lasso allows you to drag a circle around part of the note that you're in. And that selects that part of the page, and from there, you can tap and hold to initiate a drag. You can drag that lasso into somewhere else. If you drop it into the Files app, that will create an image of that lassoed part of your page. But if you drop that lassoed part of your page into a text-based app, that will drop text into that app. So if you have Bear, Ulysses, Scrivener, I believe, all these apps that are text-based, it will interpret that image drop as the OCR version of the text. So depending on how accurate your handwriting is, that is how clean and neat your handwriting is, that'll work better or worse depending on how good you are with, with writing. But nevertheless, that's a really cool feature that drop text in when you do it that way. You're also able to use the lasso tool to create a screenshot of just that part of the page. So you can lasso part of your handwritten note and if you tap, on that lasso, you have a contextual menu that allows you to take a screenshot. And from this interface, you're able to tap and hold to initiate a drag, and that will create an image that you're able to drop into a variety of destinations. This version of lassoing does not do text uh, conversion when you drop it. For those that don't know, the lasso tool can also be used to resize the content. So if you're writing something and you're, you're drawing something, you can lasso it, you can then choose resize to make it bigger or smaller. You're able to change the color of that content. You're able to convert that area to text. You're able to cut, copy, or delete that last one content as well. You can also, with drag and drop, drag images from another app into GoodNotes, and if you drop it onto a page, it'll add it to the page you're on, but if you drop it into the main categories view of the app, the, the launch screens, that'll create a brand new notebook with that image as the first page of that notebook. Pretty cool. You can also take a screenshot, the system-wide screenshot, and drag and drop that thumbnail that shows up in the system interface into GoodNotes. So if you didn't know, you can actually take a screenshot and from that tiny overlay, you can actually drag that and GoodNotes is one of the destinations you can have for that. You can also, within GoodNotes, drag a notebook from one category to another to reassign it to a different category. Now, the developers have posted on their website that they're working on a couple of different abilities for drag and drop. Uh, so here's what they're currently working on that it does not yet work, but hopefully soon will. You will soon be able to drag an image from a notebook to a category to create a new document. Say you're inside of a notebook and you want to start a new notebook based on that idea. Say you had this, this image there, it's like, oh, let me create a new notebook based on that. You'll be able to do that. 
you'll be able to drag an image or handwriting or text from one page to another, which is really, really cool. So you'll be able to lasso something and then you'll be able to move that handwriting to another page. So if you decide, hey, I'm not gonna have room to express my full idea, you'll be able to drag that from one page to another. You'll be able to drag a page from thumbnail view to another notebook to move that page. So say you're writing something and you realize, hey, I'm in the wrong notebook. You'll soon be able to grab that thumbnail and just drag it and move it to a different notebook, which could be really useful. You'll be able to drag pages from the thumbnail view to a category to create a new document. So maybe you have like five pages you started and say, hey, let me make a new file out of this, a new notebook, you'll be able to do that. You'll be able to drag converted text from preview to a page to add a text box. You'll be able to use the lasso tool screenshot to a page or to a category. And you'll be able to drag selected PDF text to a page to create a text box. So those are some of the things they're looking at adding and some great uses of drag and drop these good notes uh, developers have implemented already and are working on implementing. So pretty awesome there. And I hope this has been helpful for those GoodNotes users to get the full power out of GoodNotes. And I'll be covering other applications in the future. So hopefully we together can all learn how to use drag and drop in the most powerful and effective ways possible. So hope this section has been helpful. I'd love feedback on it. iPadProsPodcast at gmail.com. Now to close out today's episode, I want to dive into not exactly work, but entertainment, which is something people do on their iPads. I want to dive into the video, the Movies Anywhere service. In particular, SD Video Purchases. If you're like me, you may have a couple SD movies that you purchased from iTunes way back when, when you didn't really care. Now that you have an iPad Pro with a really beautiful screen, and you have 4K televisions, you may be thinking, hey, why can't I get that in HD? And prior to movies anywhere, you had to buy the movie again. And I've actually done that once, I believe, for a movie I really cared about. Uh, it was kind of annoying because there was no upgrade pricing available. That was not a thing. So Movies Anywhere is a service that you can link up your iTunes account with Amazon, with Vudu, and all the different video services out there. And once you do that, you're connecting these accounts, and that gives you some really cool abilities. First off, if you buy a movie in Amazon, it's now going to show up in your iTunes library and thus the TV app and vice versa. But the really cool thing is that when you do this, when you link this account up, your iTunes account up with Movies Anywhere, you are going to get free upgrades of your SD content to HD slash 4K, including iTunes Extras. I noticed this with the Harry Potter movie number eight that I got through a DVD code or something like that. And at the time, Harry Potter 8 was only available in SD, and I got that free upgrade to HD, uh, as did one of the Pirates movies that I bought in SD. So if you have SD movies, I would recommend enabling movies anywhere, and you will get those free upgrades to HD. And something of note, too, pricing-wise, is many of the movies now are the same price HD or SD, probably because of this feature, but I noticed many are still priced at the lower SD pricing. So for Disney movies, that means $15 instead of $20. 
And that also means with Movie any, Anywhere, you may get a free upgrade to the HD, in which case you're able to save money and get the same exact content. Now, while this sounds great, I would really encourage you to purchase the HD version because this is all dependent on Movies Anywhere being a service and nothing changing. Your rights to those HD copies could go away if something changes with Movies Anywhere. So for that reason, I'd still encourage HD purchases, but it's really not as much of a requirement anymore. I just thought I'd let people know about this really cool Movies Anywhere service and the fact that SD video purchases are getting upgraded for free. And this is a really, really awesome thing that's happened. That is today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed uh, the tips and tricks and uh, the thoughts on drag and drop and shelf apps and uh, the SD video purchases from iTunes. And thanks for listening and subscribing to iPad Pros. If you have feedback, please email me, iPadProsPodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you have tips uh, that you think would benefit the listeners of this show, let me know. If you have cool ways you're using the iPad, I'd love to know about that too. iPadProsPodcast at gmail.com. If you have a couple of minutes, I'd really appreciate it. If you head on over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and leave a review. It'd mean a lot to me and it would help others discover the show as well. With that, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you guys again real soon. Bye-bye.